Hello everybody, I hope you can hear me and that uh, it's been a, a week of uh, a lot of reading for me at least and I hope for you too and uh, I promise you that the last session was the most uh, theoretical one and that from now on we're going to go deeper into uh, more specific and more uh, down-to-earth elements of human rights advocacy and its technological application. So, just to recap on the on the last uh, week's uh, topics, we covered the issue of uh, human rights and its role in today's world, and we also covered the uh, phenomenon of human rights advocacy, especially in the situation as it is today in, the, in today's world, that there are no fun, uh, fundamentally uh, established mechanisms for defense and implementation of, of human rights, which means that the role of advocacy is still an important one in order to link the Universal Declaration of Human Rights of the United Nations to the national uh, and regional implementation. Okay. So we touch the advocacy as a as a as an effort that ranges from different uh, activities like lobbying, campaigning, media campaigning, uh, community organizing, etc., etc. And we also uh, spend some time looking at the technology, especially from the point of view of uh, human rights advocates, which see advocacy as a, as, a, as a problem that needs to be solved in a more efficient way. So technology, and especially information technology, was uh, important for us in that respect. So following on that, uh, this week we're going to go into a more specific uh, aspect uh, which is titled Storytelling. And storytelling is uh, actually the effort of disseminating information to wider audiences for various reasons. The most important one is uh, based on the what we discussed last week, and that is that the shift of human rights advocates is uh, in the last 10 to 20 years is from lobbying the institutions, either national or international institutions, the shift is now towards community organizing. And that means uh, rallying a large number of people around the human advocacy, human rights advocacy effort, around the goals and around the policy changes that are, that are required. So, in order to uh, rally these people around uh, this goal and in order to mobilize them the information about the effort needs to be successfully uh, passed on to, 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 to these people. So, here we are in the second uh, uh, session, talking about storytelling, or talking about disseminating information. We're going to go over the course of the next uh, seven uh, weeks uh, from the phenomenon of storytelling from the point of view of an individual towards the much larger effort of, of developing a, a campaign. As a, as a result of this course, uh, 
and as, a, as an exercise in this course, uh, you, you will be making, uh, developing a campaign plan. Uh, so I'll, I'll go deeper into that later, but uh, what, what I want to say now is that uh, telling the story as an individual and passing information as an individual is the important first step in, in this huge uh, advocacy effort. So how are we going to approach this? Uh, first, the telling the story of, of, of human rights and, and human rights issues is important as I said, to rally the, the, the people around the court. But more broadly, it is about disseminating information. And when we talk about disseminating information, we usually talk about the profession that has been doing it for a long time, and that's journalism. So let's spend a few minutes on discussing uh, the, the stories that, 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 that you guys submitted so far. Uh, we asked several questions about these stories. Why did they uh, catch our attention? How did we discover them? And what impact did they have on them? The, the, what I gather from, from and I, and I uh, submitted the, the responses to almost each. If I, if I missed one or two, uh, I, will, I, will, I will do it later. But I, but I submitted most of the responses individually. But to kind of summarize, uh, most of these stories uh, came through one of one or the uh, or or many social networks or uh, internet networks that we that we uh, are tied into. So this is the the overwhelming uh, uh, how shall I say way we discover stories, and and they catch our attention because they are somehow related to what we believe in or what we fight for or what we are frustrated. So we have this personal connection through motivation to learn about these stories and through uh, channels how we uh, find these stories and these are our personal connections or sites we like to visit etc. Et and the impact so far uh, as, I, as, as I gather uh, was, was, was various. You know, most of it was uh, most of the impact that I gather so far is that they, it triggered a more interest to learn more and, and to figure out more about, about the issue in question. So, in this little experiment, we actually uh, looked at the information through the, from a point of view of somebody who is receiving that information. And this is going to be important for us later because when we develop uh, ways to pass information on, we will constantly go back and think about uh, this from a point of view of somebody who is receiving information. How will it catch our attention? How will we discover the story? And what impact do we want this story to make? So, so later during the course, these are the, going to be the questions that we're going to ask ourselves, especially as we develop uh, human rights uh, uh, campaigns. So, Let's go to the main question of, of this uh, uh, session, and that is, what is journalism? So, you know, I, I, I will now harvest uh, uh, two or three sentences, you know, or maybe one sentence uh, from you guys, if you have any uh, thoughts on what is journalism. I put... On, the, on this slide, a quote by George Orwell, 
who this woman on on the right you can see she's uh, carrying that sign with 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 the quote by George Orwell which says journalism is printing what someone else does not want printed everything else is public relations so this is a very how shall i say uh, activist way of looking at journalism it 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 it, it stresses the the reason why journalists exist and this is to reveal some information to the wider audience which is which has public relevance and which some people want to see hidden but uh, do you have any other thoughts what what journalism might be and what would be a, like let's say a very short definition of journalism any any thoughts okay so if uh, aha there it is here is the first one it's spreading news, events from different points of view to a wide range of people. Exactly. This is the, this is the, the in essence, what, what the definition of journalism would be. It's about disseminating information to a wide uh, audience. Also, uh, 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 it's about events that are not easily accessible, which is uh, what what is called uh, what is called investigative journalism. Uh, this is this is one branch of journalism which tries to uh, unravel things that are not uh, easily uh, seen by the public eye and 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 wants to expose that to a wider audience. Then we, let's look at some more. Uh, journalism is about public issues happening in our society, saying the facts to the audience and reveals. Uh, things that are uh, kept in hearts, and uh, now we we also have a raised a question about what what about privacy, and we're going to come back to that later, and we're going to be uh, talking about that too. But you know, we practically touched upon the the most important uh, 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 aspect of journalism, and this is the relation between information and the public. And the journalist would be a person who conveys that information to the public. Yes, and now we have another comment which says uh, it's about influencing public mind through spreading information. And that is indeed a very good uh, comment to go to the next uh, slide where I will be asking what is advocacy journalism. Because we are, uh, this is a course about human rights advocacy. And so we want to know, is there something like advocacy journalism? And uh, I think that this comment influencing the public mind through spreading information in a special way is maybe the, the more, something that more could be said about advocacy journalism. And uh, although all journalism is like that, advocacy journalism is uh, intentionally uh, not objective. It intentionally wants to, to, to influence the public mind and it says, in, and it does that transparently. So in other words, advocacy journalism is connected to an issue. It is something that uh, uh, it is connected to what advocacy group is fighting for. It is connected to an issue they're, they're trying to address, but it is still journalism. So it is not objective but it does so with an intention. It does so uh, also uh, openly and tells 
the wider audience that they are, uh, the Alpes journalists do tell the wider audience that they are uh, supporting a, a specific issue. So, we are now moving from, advocacy, from journalism to advocacy journalism. And advocacy journalism as a, as a tool of advocacy groups of spreading information is something that we're going to focus on more, more closely. So, unlike regular journalism, where the information is uh, central, here the information itself is not central. The issue that the advocacy group is fighting for is central. So, what does that mean? Should advocacy journalism be biased? So, what do you think? That, do, do you have any, any, any ideas? What about the uh, advocacy journalists that, that are biased? Before you enter some comments, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just explain the slide a little bit. Because although advocacy journalists do have a, an agenda, and they are fighting for a human rights uh, issue, and they are they're trying to, to address this issue through the, uh, through the, through the effort, Advocacy journalism is still not propaganda. And they still, advocacy journalists still need to keep their integrity as journalists. Which means that they need to uh, truthfully uh, uh, talk about the, the facts and talk about the stories, not to distort the truth, not to uh, kind of uh, plant uh, evidence or, or, or misread uh, the, the, the reality around them, etc., etc. Because uh, if you put the agenda over your integrity uh, and think that by compromising integrity you're going you're gonna to con continue pushing the, the, the agenda, in the end the agenda, the agenda itself is going to suffer because of this integrity. As, as one of the comments uh, just came in and said basically everyone is biased, so, though generally one should be unbiased in journalism, yet it seems inevitable. And that is certainly true. And this is why uh, I come back to the, to the definition of, of advocacy journalism. It is not objective journalism, but it does so with intent and it does so transparently. So, it is important that advocacy journalists say that they are fighting for a particular issue. They are not pretending that they are unbiased. They openly say they are biased, but they still maintain their integrity by publishing and, 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 and writing stories that, that are based in reality and that take correspond to, with facts. So this is important. Okay, we have, uh, we have uh, advocacy journalism, another comment which says advocacy journalism should not be biased because journalism are supposed to advocate human rights. Uh, when, well, this is definitely the 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 sort of bias that that that, that we're talking about. Uh, this doesn't mean again that that the integrity should be should be jeopardized. It just means that you openly uh, say that this is actually what what the the story is all about. Okay, so. We touched upon the, the, the most important 
problem of advocacy journalism, and this is how to deal with the bias and how to deal with the with integrity of advocacy journalism. And integrity of advocacy journalists should go always before the agenda, but the agenda should always be fully enclosed, disclosed. So we're going to go one step further now and talk about citizen journalism. And what do you think citizen journalism is? Here we have a cartoon uh, depicting people with mobile phones uh, uh, who are filming a, a person who is drowning, which is a cartoon that, that, that tells a lot about the, maybe some moral issues with, with citizen journalism. But uh, what can we say about citizen journalism? What do you think that citizen journalism is? Are there any comments on this? Okay, so this is not, it, it, journalism is not professional. Indeed, that is one of the most important elements of, of citizen journalism. Citizen journalist is a person who is not responsible for any rights. I didn't, under, I didn't get that uh, comment. But, but yes, these are people who have no idea of journalism. Indeed, that is true. Citizen journalists often don't know much about journalism. And yes, again, these are journalists who are not professionals. So, we are going to talk about citizen journalism as a special form of advocacy journalism. Because citizens who engage in citizen journalism are not professional journalists, they are not trained as journalists, and uh, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't get paid for that. So, the reason why they uh, write stories, the reason why they make video and why they uh, spread it online is not professional. The reason why they do it is they, because they believe in what they, uh, in, in what they are uh, sharing and what they are writing and because they care about it. So that makes them advocacy journalists because they are uh, uh, spreading the news because they care about the issue that, that, that they report. So this is important uh, to, to, dis to distinguish them from, from real journalists, paid uh, professionals, but also to, to, to show that they do care about the issue. And this is why citizen journalists are advocacy journalists. So they are, as, as one of the comments here says, they are spreading information from the field using modern media. So, yes, indeed, th these are some of the uh, characteristics of, of citizen journalists. First, citizen journalists don't have professional journalism training. And this is uh, usually a problem. Because a lot of citizen journalism uh, uh, out there is very difficult to follow. Uh, the, the, the blog posts, many of those blog posts are not written professionally. Uh, many of the video that is out there is very, very uh, unprofessionally done. And this is why it is actually very difficult to, 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 for, for an ordinary viewer or ordinary reader to follow citizen journalists, most of them. But this is easily remedied and, uh, and the, the basic skills of journalism can actually easily be uh, 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 learned. So this is one thing that we are going to cover in this course. But, you know, nevertheless, citizen journalists don't have professional journalism training and although they can acquire basic uh, journalist skills. Uh, this is uh, 
still uh, the work of amateurs. The second uh, important feature of or characteristic of citizen journalists is that they use modern technology tools, especially uh, internet, and they use also mobile phones, uh, cameras, video, uh, uh, audio equipment that goes in with these mobile phones, and uh, and they totally rely on the internet for the distribution of their news. So this is almost 99.9% .9 of citizen journalism is uh, connected to the internet. And we're talking about blogs, we're talking about video blogs, we're talking about different forms of disseminating information, but all, almost all of them are connected uh, to, the, to the internet. So what do citizen journalists do? They create media. They augment media, meaning that they contribute to the already existing news stories that are published by others, and they add to that uh, by augmenting, by sharing, by propagating them. Uh, and they also fact-check the media. And this is especially uh, important when, uh, in the, when, when big media outlets uh, started having comment sections where every news could be commented by readers. And this is where uh, the reader could become a fact checker and actually uh, point to, to, to some uh, either inconsistencies or, or, or uh, false information or whatever in, 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 in these articles. So this is all happening online. And, and this, is, this is very important that, that this is tied to the Web 2.0 revolution that we talked about uh, last week that happened uh, less than a decade ago. And citizen journalists usually work on their own. They sometimes collaborate with others, but it is important that when they do collaborate with others, unlike with professional journalism, here they, uh, they do it on a voluntary basis and not as part of any, uh, let's say, company or, or professional uh, association. And they can always go back and work on their own, which is something that uh, regular journalists uh, practically cannot do. They can work as freelance journalists, but they still have to work for, uh, for some newspaper or a, or a news agent. So citizen journalists can practically set up their own blog or start a YouTube channel, and they can go on and, and, and do that without any without any problems. But on the other hand they don't they don't get paid. So that is that is why the reason why they do this is because they are connected to the issue that they're talking about. So when we talk about quality and objectivity of of of, of journalism, citizen journalism, uh, we are still talking about journalism. So it is important for citizen journalists to learn how to write news and artic news articles, how to make uh, videos and how to edit those videos, and, and, and to learn basic skills of journalism. Because this is going to help them and their stories reach a wider audience. And especially in the human rights advocacy effort for a small group of people to learn to, that is starting a human rights advocacy effort, even in one individual that is starting this effort, it is important to uh, have these skills in order to reach the, the, the very next person that, will, that, will, that is going to join the effort. 
So, citizen journalism can be biased. This is this is an important uh, disclaimer. There is no need for citizen journalists to 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 pretend that they are objective. As long as they are truthful, and as long as uh, this journalism is based on first-hand experience. So, one of the biggest strengths of citizen journalism is that this is storytelling by citizens, not by professionals. And this is pretty much connected with their communities, with towns and cities where they live, and with the things that are happening to them. So as long as they are uh, truthful, and as, as long as the experience that they share is a first-hand experience, citizen journalists should not be uh, afraid of, 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 of bias, because that bias is uh, not just tolerated, but readily accepted by the reader. The reader expects that sort of bias and, and, and doesn't doesn't mind it. So that shouldn't we shouldn't be worried about. It. Okay, so when we uh, look at this uh, uh, definition of, of citizen journalism and uh, compare it to like regular journalism, what would be some of the uh, things that uh, that we would put as differences between mainstream media and alternative media, saying that citizen journalism is a form of, of alternative media. Are there any ideas? Getting paid and getting voluntary. Okay, this is it. Uh, one of the voluntary. Okay. So, let's see. Wider equipment for mainstream. Okay, so this is, uh, let's say, uh, how are we going to put this? Uh, professional and amateur. Okay, that is similar to paid and voluntary. Alternative is more first-hand experience. Let's see. Which one is more accurate and more, more unbiased? We have a comment here. Uh, this one is more real-time. Okay. Professional is more accurate. Okay. Okay, this will be this will be enough, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, uh, I'm gonna read some of those. The difference is uh, analyzing news and showing what happened. So mainstream media is has more analysis. That is true. Uh, then. Uh, and uh, the citizen journalism is more about first-hand experiences and more about real-time. They are right in the place at the right moment while it is not predictable for a journalist to be there at the time of an event. This is also true for citizen journalists that uh, they are with the story. Because most of the time they are the story. This is what citizen journalists uh, are. They are people who are in the middle of the of the of the, of the 
mainstream journalism is supported by government and it is also uh, in many cases money making so it actually uh, is supported by 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 corporate interest as well while uh, alternative journalism makes no money so Let's see, one more mainstream is usually supported by the government. Mainstream is more liable, that is true. Because you know uh, who are these... Uh, uh, and yes, the fair news or oriented news. Uh, I just... One would say that there is more fair news in uh, mainstream journalism because they are not so much oriented, although they do have orientation, and uh, in citizen journalism there is more oriented news. Uh, yes, the mainstream journalism can be offline, and uh, citizen journalism is almost off, all online, that is true. Okay, so we covered a couple of uh, important uh, important differences. But uh, although uh, the mainstream media is more accurate and does offer more analysis uh, and is more liable, it doesn't necessarily need to be so. And we can see that there are many uh, uh, examples of big mainstream media, especially uh, government-controlled media, which are everything but accurate, everything but analytical, and everything but liable. And this is where one of the comments earlier uh, said that uh, that in some, in some places the only way to get news is citizen journalism. And they're the biggest enemy uh, of dictators. And this is certainly true. In, in, in situations or in countries where the mainstream media is under tight control, the only uh, uh, way for disseminating information is actually citizen journalism. So, the, the, now the question is, you know, is citizen journalism really alternative journalism in, 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 in these uh, situations? And I will just quote, uh, I will just quote uh, one of the alternative journalists, uh, Al Giordano, who likes to call himself authentic journalist. Uh, rather than alternative journalist, because he says, and I quote, I got very tired of being called an alternative journalist for so many years. Alternative to what? The New York Times? The dying Boston Globe? The Boston Herald? No, those people and their rags are the alternative to what real journalism is. And so, what Al Giordano says here is certainly true in the situation where the Mainstream media and mainstream journalism doesn't do what it is supposed to do. So, alternative journalism then really becomes mainstream journalism. Uh, okay, uh, we have another comment which says, mainstream journalists should be neutral and alternative media can belong to a political party, but mainstream cannot. This is true. And this is, uh, again, going back to what we said earlier, and that is uh, 
advocacy journalism and citizen journalism as a form of advocacy journalism is allowed to be biased as long as you uh, uh, disclose that and as long as you say it openly that's not going to be the problem the problem is where the state-run media as in the case of, of, of for instance uh, uh, Serbia when, when we were fighting against Milosevic back in the 90s the, we were all paying uh, the subscription for the public uh, television, but public television was actually just used for by the ruling uh, clique to disseminate their version of the story, which uh, actually led the people to, you know, some of them even dropped paying uh, a subscription to, to TV because it wasn't in, in the public interest anymore. However, uh, they uh, continue to do so. Uh, despite all the protests and everything, because uh, they were the tool of the of the regime. The problem back in the 90s was there, that the internet was in its infancy, and it was the stone age of the internet, so there was no room for alternative online media. So the only thing that existed as a as a, as a real alternative, despite uh, apart from some uh, websites uh, that were relatively static and that you know not many people have access had access to the internet, but the main uh, alternative at the time was uh, print media. With the print media, the problem is that it, it cannot be a one-man show. It needs to be a cooperative of a larger uh, groups of people, and they need to know each other, and they need access to material resources, and they need uh, access to the printing press, etc., etc., and that created uh, a lot of risks and a lot of problems for the people who are trying to develop alternative media. Uh, today, in the age of Internet, some of these things are much easier. There are other problems, the problems of filtering, the problems of, of uh, online security, etc., etc., but one, at least one problem is solved, and that is that today's citizen journalist can work on his own, which actually uh, makes things uh, easier uh, to, to a certain extent, as long as he has access to technology and, and to the internet. And this is uh, what uh, brought an explosion of, of citizen journalism. Okay, so we're going to go to the next uh, slide, and uh, actually the next two slides, we're going to look at some of the examples of citizen journalism. And according to many people, in 2009, the award of the best citizen journalism uh, went to Iran. And Iran was considered the place where almost, we can say, citizen journalism uh, although it existed before, it was officially uh, it officially became with the with the protest of 2009. It became the 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 most important and widely discussed uh, phenomenon in the world. So why did this happen in 2009, and how was this possible? Uh, what actually happened uh, for citizen journalism? To, to take such a prominent role in the events, uh, not just in Iran, but actually globally. 
in 2009. Does anybody have an idea? And we can we can turn on the the, the mic and, and and you know people who have thoughts on this can actually comment uh, uh, with audio. Okay, so yeah, practically this this would be the the the, the reason the reason behind the the prominence of, of, of citizen journalism. Actually, citizen journalism filled a hole that existed in mainstream reporting. First, the, the, the television and, and news uh, companies in Iran didn't report correctly. And then the, the, the same was, uh, the, 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 the similar problem was with the, with the foreign correspondents and foreign news agencies which didn't have access. Uh, and so the citizen journalism filled both, both gaps, both for internal information dissemination within Iran and also for disseminating information abroad to, to a global audience. So the world learned about what's going on in Iran through the, through the uh, uh, microphones, mobile phones, blogs, and videos of citizen journalists of Iran. So, mo most uh, important ethical questions about uh, can we check the, the facts? How do we uh, uh, report in real time when things cannot, when news cannot be distinguished from rumors? How do we treat uh, uh, different uh, aspects of, of, of reporting? All these ethical questions were actually raised uh, by. At, at the time of, of the of, of 2009 protests in Iran, and they these most of these questions remain uh, to this day, and we are going to focus on some of these questions in the internet uh, discussion on the forum later during this week, uh, because these questions are are important for citizen journalists to to answer and to to to, to actually at least be aware. Of, of, of all these questions. But let's move to the next uh, example that, that, that I had in the, that I had in mind. And uh, this is Alam Wasef from Egypt, and uh, he's been interviewed in uh, the video that uh, uh, I actually assigned as one of the things that, that we have. View with us. And if you've uh, seen this video, it's great. If you still have a chance to see it, make sure you, you watch uh, the video with us. It's a Google YouTube under the title How We Did It When uh, Yad Could Not. And it says about the uh, large group of city journalists before the, the revolution in uh, to, uh, which I'm here. So I'm not going to spend much time on this. Uh, Let's move to the questions about this particular session before we go into a more specific uh, uh, part of the of, of this uh, class, which deals with the, how news are made. So, are there any questions? Okay, so I guess there are no there are no questions about this. Let me just uh, uh, you know spend a few minutes just recapping what we what we covered so far uh, we covered the 
the journalism as a way of disseminating information to wider audience. And within journalism, we looked at advocacy journalism, which is disseminating information related to a, a, an advocacy issue to a wider audience with the aim of mobilizing that audience around this issue. And within that, we looked at citizen journalism, which is a form of advocacy journalism which is unprofessional, which is uh, connected to issues that citizens care about. And citizen journalism, although unprofessional and done by uh, people who are not paid and who are not trained as journalists and who don't have the necessary resources to uh, conduct uh, real journalism, uh, it became a very powerful tool, especially in the situation where real journalism doesn't work and where big media are either compromised or they're under uh, tight control and uh, where there is an opening for citizen journalism to, to, to actually do what the, the job of uh, old school mainstream media used to be. So, because there is no other uh, way of doing this, uh, because there is no other way of, 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 of uh, uh, learning about uh, things that are happening in the country, the citizen journalists take the role of mainstream journalists. So this leads us to the most important problem of citizen journalism, which is never the, the problem of bias or the problem of, of of uh, commitment or motivation, it has always been the problem of quality. So the biggest problem of citizen journalism was always the problem of quality. And uh, a lot of citizen journalists uh, were producing stories and content which couldn't be uh, read by or viewed by, uh, by the readers or viewers. And uh, as I said earlier, it is not that difficult to, to solve that problem. And uh, actually, the basic journalist skills are very easy uh, to tackle. You cannot become a great journalist, but you can at least uh, satisfy the basic standards which, which, which make uh, stories more uh, uh, readable by the wider audience. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk a little bit about the news style. And the news style, uh, although we're going to talk about written news, uh, it similar uh, logic applies to video and audio. And the reason why this particular news style is so popular is not because uh, some people have preference towards it or, or, or that uh, some uh, people think that, uh, you know, this is more interesting than, than, than some other style, but because in the, in the last few hundred years of the printed word, this uh, was proven to be more effective with the, with the reader. And the similar thing is with the, with the video, and we're going to talk about it later a little bit. But let's focus on the, on the written news style. The written news style uh, follows the, same, the, the, the following uh, structure. Every news needs to have a headline, and this is the title, this is the big uh, uh, letters that, that, that explain 
what the news story is about. This title is followed by the lead, which is uh, the lead paragraph, the first paragraph of the news. This is the opening one or two or three sentences of the, of the news. And this lead needs to contain the most important essential information that the article carries. This uh, lead or the lead article is followed by a so-called nutshell paragraph, or as somebody calls it, nutgraph, just to make it shorter. And this nutshell paragraph actually explains the whole story in a nutshell, in several sentences, five or six sentences, and that is then followed by the story. And the story then can go into greater detail, it can talk about the historical significance, it can talk about the origins, it can talk about potential consequences, it can talk about what other people think about it, it can have uh, tons and tons of analysis, but it is important that the most important information is in the lead, in the first paragraph, and that the story itself is condensed in the, in the nutshell paragraph that, that follows it. Why is this new style so popular? Because you don't know when the reader is going to stop uh, reading your story. This is not the Agatha Christie uh, novel, where you can read the whole novel, and then when you come to the last page, you will figure out who was the murderer in the, in the, in the book, and who, which character is actually responsible for the, for the crime in question. Here, unlike in Agatha Christie novels, or some other detective novels, here you have to know who is the murderer in the first sentence. So, this is important difference between uh, regular story, storytelling and storytelling telling that is connected to, to journalism, including citizen journalism. Why is this important? Because people sometimes will read just the headline or just the headline and the first paragraph. And you don't know when you're going to lose their attention. So it is important for the most important information to be at the beginning of the article. So, what is uh, what needs to be in the lead, in the first paragraph? As I said, it has to uh, tell the essence of the story, and the most important uh, elements of the story uh, need to be there. So, in order to kind of put it in a more specific way, we say that the lead needs, the, the first paragraph called the lead, needs to answer the five W questions. And these five W questions are what, who, when, where, and why. So, when we open the news, we need to see uh, who did what, when, where, and why. And then the, the rest of the story follows. So, I, I, I picked one of the news, uh, it's uh, from uh, the Balkan region, and it happened uh, uh, yesterday. So, this is the news by Al Jazeera, and the uh, news article by Al Jazeera, and uh, in this news article, uh, we're going to look at the, uh, to, to see where the article answers these, these questions. So, you can actually circle the, 
the, the parts in the article where you uh, think that the question what is being uh, what, what uh, is being answered by, by the article. So what happened? Where does the article answer the question what happened? I'm going to read the article. The headline is called Serbia Talks Spark Mass Protest in Kosovo. And the first uh, paragraph says Police in Kosovo have fired tear gas and arrested dozens of people during clashes with opposition activists demonstrating against the new push by the European Union to improve the country's ties with Serbia. Etc. Etc. So we have, uh, yeah, we have answers. Uh, it sparks mass protest. Yeah, this is the, even the headline and also. Uh, the, the first uh, paragraph says clashes with opposition activists demonstrating, which actually answers what is happening. If there are demonstrations and mass protests. Okay, who? Now, where does the article answer the question uh, uh, who made this news? Who this news is about? So this is actually... Uh, 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 an interesting, uh, an interesting question. What do you think? Opposition activists and police. So we have here, you know, some people think that that this that the who in this article is the police, and the who is actually opposition activists. Well, this is uh, about but, uh, the information does the information to arrest people and the clash with the but the actually. Uh, the question who organized protest is position, position A. And you can take this police. Uh, so again, we can, uh, we can uh, get this uh, uh, directly. But that's because I didn't put the I didn't put the, the date of the news, but sorry for that. Where we have uh, of course uh, Yes, Monday's arrest, there it is in the second paragraph. Uh, and then we have where, it says in the first uh, uh, sentence, it's in Kosovo, and it's in the headline. And now we get to the question, why? Why was this, why did this protest happen? Where does it say? So, okay. European Union, uh, last paragraph, demonstrating against the new push by European Union. Exactly. This is why, this is why they are protesting. So we can see that almost everything, as one of the commentators said here, as one of the participants said here, uh, almost all the questions are answered in the first paragraph. Who? What was happening? There were demonstrations. Who was demonstrating? Opposition activists. When? On Monday. Where in Kosovo? And why they were demonstrating against the new push by the European Union to improve the country's ties with Serbia. And it also answers here that it was followed by a meeting last week, which also answers to the question why. But we can say that almost all of the questions, or I can say all of the questions, are answered uh, at the very beginning of the article. So what do we have later? Later in the article we have so-called not uh, graph or nutshell paragraph. It explains 
that there were there was a meeting last week between Kosovo's prime minister and the Serbian prime minister, and it was the first meeting uh, at the level of prime ministers since the independence of Kosovo four years ago. Then it says what the EU uh, uh, position is, and then later it says what is the position of hardliners in Kosovo, and then that Kosovo. Uh, that uh, Serbia was bombed by NATO because of the killings of Albanians in Kosovo under Slobodan Milosevic, uh, which was 12 years ago. So we get even the historical, in this news, we even get the historical perspective and the reasons for all this uh, that go back 12 years ago, but they are in the, in the last paragraph. So, as we can see, the most important questions here are answered at the very, very beginning of the article. So let's look at the same, uh, at the same uh, news, but by another. This was Al Jazeera, and now we're going to look at the, at the, at the, at the news, which was uh, produced by another uh, news agency, UPI, and here we will see the, the how they answer these these five questions. So I'm going to read the first few paragraphs, and then we're going to see. Uh, where, where, how they answer this question. Anti-Serbian protesters arrested in Kosovo. That's the headline. And then the first paragraph reads, Nearly two dozen ethnic Albanians were arrested Monday after violent demonstrations in Pristina, the capital of Kosovo, officials said. Protesters threw rotten tomatoes and rocks at police, who in turn lobbed tear gas into the crowd of demonstrators. Serbian news agency Beta reported. An unknown number of people on both sides were injured. Demonstrators shouted anti-Serbian slogans and waved banners declaring unification with Albania instead of agreement with Serbia as they assented to enter the Federal Assembly building. And uh, Albin Kurti, the, Kurti the, the leader of the radical movement, was reported among the 22 people arrested, etc., etc. So, what happened here? Where do we uh, read what was going on? So, if we go back, we see that in the headline it says that the protesters were arrested, which means, oh, there was a protest, uh, and the, the police was arrested. And in the, in the first paragraph it also says that uh, people were arrested after violent demonstration. But who... How does the how does the, the the article answer the question who? Where does it say who was uh, arrested? So we can see here that uh, the the way the article answers the the the, the question who is rather misleading. Uh, in the headline, who is anti-Serbian protesters? In the first sentence, it's ethnic Albanians. Only in the third paragraph, it says Albin Kurti, the re leader of the radical movement. Actually, only there you can find that this was actually the leader of, a, of an opposition uh, in in the in the Albanian uh, parliament, 
So that means that who was organizing the protest? The opposition. You find that buried in the in the third uh, uh, in the third article in the third paragraph. So this is not uh, actually a very good way of of saying who is the main actor in this story. When? Okay, it's very easy. The first paragraph answers that, that this, this happened on Monday. And where? It also says it happened in Pristina, the capital of Kosovo. But let's look at the, the question, why this happened? Where does this article answer the question, why there were demonstrations? In the last paragraph, yes, only here we say that the protesters were angered by a Friday meeting in Brussels between Kashim Tachi and uh, Ivica Dacic. In the last paragraph, before that, we learned that people were throwing rotten tomatoes, that police was throwing tear gas, and that they were shouting slogans, and they waved banners declaring unification with Albania. So this is... Uh, this is uh, uh, actually a story that is not correctly uh, passing the, the information according to the journalistic standards. And uh, we can ask ourselves why uh, a professional news organization would do something like that. But we can compare this uh, with the previous article, which we, which we looked at where everything is answered in the first paragraph or so, and that uh, we actually can stop reading after the first paragraph and pretty much know what is going on. In the case of the second article, we can read the first three paragraphs, but if we don't read the last one, if we don't read the, the one that actually explains why this happened. If we don't read that one, we will never, uh, we will never know the full story. Compare it to the, to the previous article, in the last paragraph, we even get the historical perspective, and we also say, we also get the, the, the positions of, of, of the hardliners in Kosovo. So by the time we get to the fourth article, we already know a lot about uh, what is going on in Kosovo in general, not just about the demonstration. By the time we get to the fourth article, in the fourth paragraph in this article, we actually only then learn what is going on. So this is the example of bad journalism, UPI, and uh, the article before is the example of good journalism, which is, uh, which is uh, Al Jazeera. So, to sum it up, uh, the five W's is, our, is a tool that is going to help us put all the important information at the beginning of whatever we are writing. Is it a blog post? Is it a news article? Is it a video? Because in the video as well, the first minute or two of the video needs to answer these questions. Otherwise, you never know if the people are going to stay with you 
uh, for, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, how long the video lasts. And if you cannot pass on that important information in the first minute or so, you never know if, if anybody is going to, to watch it. But in, in, the, in the news article, that, that, that these two news articles that, 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 that I've just shown, there is no reason for a citizen journalism not to be a professional at, as, the, as the journalists of Al Jazeera who are, who are uh, responsible for the first article and to avoid uh, the unprofessional uh, journalism that is represented here by the UPI article. So, to sum it up, uh, when we talk about new style, we're talking about inverted pyramid structure. The most important information goes on top. Because you never know how much, people, how much of the article people are going to read. Maybe they're going to read just the first few sentences and then they'll have to go and do something else. So the most important questions are answered in the lead. Who did what? When, where, and why? So these are the five questions, the five W's that, that the article answered in the first, uh, in the first uh, paragraph. Then this is covered by, this is followed by the uh, uh, nutshell paragraph that gives all the important stuff about the, the story, the stuff that we want the reader to know, that uh, sums up the story, that gives the essence of the story, and then that is followed by minor detail. Then we can talk about speculation, what may happen in the future, or historical origins of, of what, uh, how, how we came to this situation. Or we can talk about what other people think about the issue that is in question, what are the reactions of different uh, groups or individuals, etc., etc. But that is something that we leave uh, for later. So inverted pyramid structure is actually something that is going to help us uh, with the disseminating information. This is also true not just for blog posts, but also for email, especially circular emails that, that you send to a, 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 a large group of people, and we're going to talk about this later in the course. You never know. People are going to read just the, the subject of an email and two or three sentences at the beginning. You never know if they're going to read the whole email. So it is important to get all the uh, important stuff at the very beginning. So another way to put this... Uh, uh, the structure of the of the of the news story and about the uh, about the issue, especially this is true for advocacy journalism, is that the, at the beginning the article needs to say to answer the question what, and then to answer the question so what, and then in the end to answer the question now what. So uh, the first focus on the on the on the of the article is what happened and this means uh, who where why uh, all these uh, uh, things that we that we uh, covered in the lead uh, these questions need to be answered because people need to know what the story is about what's going on what is happening this is what they need to find out first the next question is so what because they know what is going on but what is the significance on this? Why should I care? And what, how does it relate to me? 
And this is where, in the nutshell paragraph, you actually are giving the essence of the story. Uh, in, uh, in the example that we used, we know that what happened, there were demonstrations. So what? There were demonstrations. Well, the demonstrations were following the first meeting of the two prime ministers of Kosovo and Serbia in 12 years. So there was, this is like an effort that, that, that was long in the making, and there is some opposition to it. So, so what? Now we need know so what. And now, the, 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 another important question for citizen journalism is, now what? So what, so what comes next? What is, what, why is this story important? What should I do about it? And in the professional uh, journalism articles that, 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 that we use as an example, it just says what they expect to happen. But in citizen journalism, another thing you can do is actually you can send an open invitation to the reader of the news how he or she can get involved uh, by disseminating it further, the information, or by, by doing something to help the cause or something. So, so the, 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 the style is uh, also uh, the, these three questions, what, so what, and now what, which actually relates to the, to the uh, inverted pyramid structure, we can actually uh, uh, put it here and say, in the first uh, paragraph, we're going to answer to what, what is going on, what is the news. In the nut graph, we're going to talk about the important stuff, and uh, we're going to explain why is this important. And for those people who continue to read and who get to the end of the article, that means that they are very much moved by the article, we can then give them even an open invitation to get involved. Uh, as a part of the advocacy. So this is important, especially it's going to be important later during the course when we develop uh, the, the, the campaign, because this is going to be an important part of it. So, now the bigger question is, you know, are we going to bury some information and to hold the reader's attention to the end? And some people do that. And especially in the, in the articles that are feature articles, that are not simple news stories, that are covering, uh, uh, let's say, profiling a person or covering uh, uh, an issue in a much longer form or something. People are withholding information uh, to keep the reader interested. So the main question here is, what's the goal of this uh, effort. Why, why would somebody do that? Why is somebody writing uh, the, the story in question? You know, what are you as a, as, a, as, a, as a journalist, as a writer, what are you trying to, to sell? Are you trying to sell the story or are you trying to sell your writing style? Because there are, especially professional journalists, who are selling their writing style. They're famous for a particular style and the readers like that, and they're trying to sell them. And so this is pretty much uh, connected to the question, are, they, are these people confident in the writing stuff uh, that, that they have? So, in other words, you know, it is, it is important. Rules are there to be violated. But if they are violated, they are violated for a reason. So if we decide to bury a piece of information 
or later. We better answer these questions. What's the goal and why, what are we trying to accomplish? Because the last thing we want to do is to bury this information as a, as a result of uh, lack of experience and the lack of knowledge. If we want to do it, we're going to do it because uh, it was a clear intention to do it. And it had a purpose. So this is important, uh, important uh, part of, uh, of preparing the, the story. But, you know, in most cases, for 99% of any information dissemination that we're talking about, the simple rule is do not bury the lead. Have these five W's answered at the very beginning of whatever you're writing. The blog post, the email, the video, uh, the question who, what, where, when, and why, these five questions need to be answered at the very, very beginning of the article because the reader needs to get that information uh, at the very beginning. Because you don't know, I repeat, you don't know how long he's going to stay with you. You don't know if he's going to drop after... Uh, drop reading after after the first paragraph. Okay, and uh, ooh, ah, this slide is a bit broken, sorry about that. Uh, so when we're talking about alternative media, coming back to that, we're talking about alternative information, not alternative style or alternative way of, of disseminating that information. Don't try to invent something that is outrageous, unknown to people that was never tried before because that is not going to be uh, maybe understood by the reader. The main eff effort needs to be on alternative information. And this is, as a citizen journalism, as a citizen journalist, you are actually providing people with information that they cannot access otherwise. And this is essential. It's not about uh, making strange uh, uh, stylistic or, or, or any other uh, experiments with your blogs or, or, or uh, something that people cannot even read or they not, do not understand. So a lot of confusion that exists in the, in the online sphere is because of the people who uh, are using alternative style instead of sticking to what what is uh, what is proven to be more effective okay so let's move to a short discussion we have uh, maybe 10 more minutes for this uh, and uh, so we can now cover anything that 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 is connected to the new style or that is connected to the uh, way information is organized within an article and although I uh, provided the, the two examples, uh, uh, and you can access them uh, after, the, after the session, uh, I, I will post both links to these stories, so you can see them, uh, how should I say, the whole, uh, because these are just excerpts, you can see the whole articles and see how the story is organized there. And you can also look at some other articles uh, that you, when you read the news and, and try to see if these articles are actually uh, correspond to, to the new style that I talked about. And then you can actually go and look at some blog posts and see 
give the information that you can find uh, in uh, these alternative sources of media if, they, if this information is also uh, uh, according to the so simple journalistic standards. So are there any questions? Okay, so uh, the description of alternative media. Uh, the alternative media uh, you're probably referring to the to the last uh, to the last paragraph unfortunately uh, my my slide is not very very well so that it doesn't read the full thing I will fix it uh, after the after the class the alternative media should be about alternative information not about alternative style of representing that information if you want to have a, a a blog which is going to use some strange way of presenting information that will make people which will make it impossible for people to understand what you're talking about then you didn't do the the, the right job i think that uh, a lot of it uh, will be explained uh, by the uh, uh, by the video uh, alam alam's interview in egypt where he actually used some pretty unusual uh, way of, of presenting information through music videos. But even there, he made sure that the message is clear and understandable. And this is, this is uh, what is important about, uh, about the alternative media. Alternative media is practically, when it comes to journalistic standards, should be the same as mainstream media. The alternative media should apply the same journalistic standards as the alternative as the mainstream media. The difference is that the alternative media should do what the mainstream media does not want to do because it's controlled by the government or because it doesn't have interest to cover certain things, etc. Et so whatever the, the the reason we don't want to go into that. So are there any other other questions about the about the new style okay if not if there are no more questions i will now go into the we have a few more minutes and i will go into the assignment for the next week so i i read the 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 assignments that that, that you sent uh, so far about the stories that caught your attention and you can use these issues or you can pick a new one it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter it's, you still have a chance to make up your mind about the issue that you're going to cover uh, when we start developing the campaign but uh, so far uh, we're going to before we start developing the campaign we're going to now try to do uh, something we learned in, in this class and that is to, to write a short news story why do we want to do this even if we are not going to be writing stories uh, as part of the human rights advocacy it is a very neat stylistic uh, uh, how should I say it, it's a very important stylistic uh, element of, of our correspondence or the way we are communicating with other people uh, to put all the information, all the important information on top. 
And this is especially true when we're communicating with a big number and larger, larger groups of people. So even if we're not going to be doing it, uh, if somebody else is going to be doing it, it's a, it's a good exercise for us to condense the essence of the information at the, at the very beginning. So well, we, have a, we have a question here. Uh, so yeah, let's move to that question before, we, before, we, before I describe the assignment. Okay, this, this is a great, uh, great question. Uh, yes, uh, the, as, as we said earlier in the, about the, when we talked about the journalism, the fourth point here is citizen journalism creates for value, which means that not just that you need to put your uh, content on your options, write stories, uh, people, you can also put existing new stories, free channels, to promote the message that is in question. Yeah. And they are out there, like what called people, which is talking about something that's good. Uh, this is uh, important to, uh, to know because the, the, the question here is not about, you know, making content, but it's about using the existing content as well within the advocacy effort. And I hope this answers uh, your question. Okay. So, I'm going to, because we're going to, uh, it's, uh, we're going to end in four minutes, so I just want to uh, say a few words about the assignment. Uh, so now, what you're going to do is, uh, 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 you're going to write a short news story that is covering a human rights issue. And it can be the same issue that, 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 that you reported in the last assignment, or you can pick a new one. But the story should be very short, not more than three paragraphs, and uh, approximately 250 words, not more than that. And it should be based on the inverted pyramid structure that we, that we uh, talked about, and also uh, it should have the five W's in the story. Especially, uh, mostly in the first paragraph. And you can also, if you wish, you can use the what, so, what, now, what approach, uh, which, which we also discussed in the class. But what is important is that, you know, it can be the story that, 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 that you already talked about in the, in the previous class, or it can be a completely new one. Uh, make sure that this is probably going to be the story or the, or the issue that you're going to be developing the campaign around later in the course. So just make sure this isn't something very big or something that is, you know, not uh, easily, uh, how should I say, narrowed down. But, you know, uh, if, 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 even if you, if you don't have something that is not focused, you know, we will, we will still have time to correct that. Uh, so far, I think the, 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 the most important thing now is to write the short story that is going to explain to me as a reader who might read just the first paragraph and then move on to something else, uh, what the issue is about. So, I'll see you on the forum. And uh, with the, this, I think we are going to be finished with the, with the second uh, class in this series. Thank you very much.